morning on the West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. This is a special edition of the Power of Performance. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about a subject that has been getting a lot of attention lately, and that is, can a credit union buy a bank? Now, as of right now, it really depends what state you're living in. You know, in this classic American tradition of federalism, it looks like this may be decided state by state. Our guest today, who is headquartered in Colorado, um, obviously at the epicenter of one of the more recent court cases where, I don't know, court case, but the the people that allow or disallow these things to happen in Colorado by a six to one vote said, nope, sorry, $2 billion elevations, credit union, you cannot buy the shares of this community bank. Now, for my part, I agree with that. Now, I don't think that a credit union, a not-for-profit organization that does not pay taxes should be allowed to buy a bank. And if it does, then it itself should be a bank. For the better part of 20 years, I have listened ad nauseum to one thousand sessions and blog posts and comments on the differences between banks and credit unions. Well, how different are they if a bank can be purchased by a credit union? And so I don't know that that is a majority point of view. I'm betting in the credit union marketplace it's probably not. But as we head into the spring conference season, of course, um, the much celebrated Government Affairs Committee meeting that's going on next week in Washington, D.C., the largest gathering of credit unions every year. I thought it was a good time to have this discussion slash debate with someone who felt as passionately opposite of my point of view, and that is Rich Jones. He is a principal at Leading to Leadership, and he was kind enough to join us on the show and in doing so did something that I cannot get anybody else in the credit union marketplace to do, and that is to come on and simply have an honest conversation about this. So very, very much thanks to Rich. You're going to hear that discussion, and we're going to do it all right after this. You're literally listening to The Power of Performance. Absolutely right. Hey, Rich, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, oh, thank you for having me. Oh, great idea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. There have been hundreds of blog posts, gazillions of conference sessions talking about the difference between credit unions and banks. If a credit union, and there were blocked recently in Colorado, which is where you're headquartered, if a credit union can buy a bank, Rich, how different are they? Well, you know, basically they have the same products and services, so that's why there's always a consumer confusion between the two because, you know, they have checking, savings, credit card, auto loans, mortgages, same thing banks have. Um, the, the big difference is the business model. A credit union is a not 
not-for-profit cooperative. And so their primary motivation is not for shareholder profits, but their primary motivation is, is for member return and member service. So the big, the big difference is in the business model and the difference between a for-profit and a not-for-profit operating system. Well, you said confusion, which implies that the marketplace, like me, I'm a college graduate, I'm a combat veteran, I'm really not confused about anything when it comes to banking. Is it really confusion about the difference between banks and credit unions, or might it be that the banking consumer just doesn't care about the difference? Is that a possibility? That is a possibility that, that a lot of consumers, because they don't really know the difference, they don't care. They don't see a difference, and until you're educated, you, you know, it all looks the same to you. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's almond milk or whether it's cow's milk. You look at it on the shelf, and it looks the same, and for all practical purposes, sometimes it even tastes the same. But in, in, in underneath the carton, there are some very major differences in how the two are made and processed. And that's kind of the way banks and credit unions are. So the consumer doesn't really know, doesn't really, and, and most often don't care. But what you find is that people who have been involved with the credit union for, for uh, some time and understand the differential do care and have a very strong passion towards the existence of credit unions and, and keeping that, that business model intact as, as a not-for-profit uh, option. Consumers. Hmm. Okay, well, that's a very good point. Uh, it's funny you brought up milk. After I saw Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix do his acceptance, I went right out and bought a gallon of milk. I've been eating more cereal this week than ever before. Um, but no, I, I, I yeah, that, That's kind of what made me think of that was uh, his acceptance speech. Yeah, yes, and, uh, got milk. Yeah, he's yeah, pretty got passionate milk. about that. Milk is on. <laughs> yes, which is fine. I love passion. Don't get me wrong. I even even yeah. when it it is uh, rapidly. Insane. Okay, fine. Okay, let's say that. Let's say that the, the audience of banking customers and potential banking customers and credit union members needs to be educated. CUNA mm -hmm. asked for $100 million to convince people that there was a difference. Open your eyes to a credit union. Now, CUNA set the price. They said to convince everybody it's going to require $100 million to this very day as we head into uh, the, the, the spring conference season where GAC occurs. If they don't get $100 million, is that proof that you don't need that much money to educate credit unions? My point – I mean uh, people that don't know what a credit union is – my point is that there are enough banking customers out there who need a debit card and a mobile banking app and stuff like that. They really don't stop what they're doing every single morning when they're checking their balance and asking, am I drinking almond milk or whole milk, organic milk or soy milk? I don't think it matters, and I don't think any organization within the credit union marketplace should be asking for $100 million to tell people the difference. And I'd love to know your thoughts. Well, you know, if, if, if we're going to stay with the, uh, with the milk metaphor, you know, the, the, the Got Milk campaign was highly successful to bring an awareness That's of true. the whole dairy system. And yeah. they invest the a mustache. lot of money into to making that, you know, kind of the, the grounding understanding that there's other solutions out there. There's soy milk, there's almond milk, you know, name them. But there's only one real milk. And, and so... I think there's a case to be made that public education 
And, and you know, to allude to the presidential campaign, you know, you look at what one of the candidates out of New York is doing for the presidency is bypassing a lot of the preliminary stuff and just going straight to the consumer mm-hmm. with the message. And that's kind of what what uh, the uh, what CUNA is trying to do. It's an expensive endeavor, and yes, there's some risk inherent with it. Um, but I, you know, I think it's better than doing nothing. <laughs> well, well, I agree, but they've done it before. They did it after bank right. transfer day with no change in the market share that credit unions enjoy. Listen, I, I'm not, an, I'm not saying I'm an expert on any of this. I really, I really want to thank you for. I, I've asked pretty much everybody, including Mr. Nussel at CUNA, to come on the show and talk about it. I've agreed to send written questions that he can answer in print that I will read verbatim. No big deal. That's why I say I enjoy the consultant class, the free thinkers, the people that are out there working each and every day. You're on the road right now. You know, you're on the road right now in Arizona. Yeah. So, you know, I know it's, it's something that, you know, there's, like I said, I think there's plenty of banking marketplace for everybody. I just think that there has been a change and not just the, the, the approach to the banking marketplace with credit unions, but a tenor, a little nasty at times in some parts of the banking world. But, hey, we'll see what happens. The history will, will ultimately tell us. If, if we had been talking about this in the late 90s and arguing um, who would survive Blockbuster Video or Netflix, we probably both would have been wrong. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's good to talk about these things. Hey, before we let you go, first of all, I want to thank you. I know you are a Marine because you're never a former Marine. Um, one of the Once fun questions we like to ask, yeah, always a Marine. One of the fun questions we like to ask people, um, I bet you do remember what your first car was. What was it? Oh, it was a uh, Volkswagen Bug <laughs> when I was in wow. college. <laughs> <laughs> it was not my first car, Rich. It was not my first car, but it was the first car I ever drove. I was um, – the, the bartender at our country club had a Volkswagen Bug, a green Volkswagen Bug, three on the floor. Millennials, um, go out there and just uh, Google what three on the floor means. You'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, and honestly, those – those Volkswagen bugs could be held together by rubber bands and jump ropes. And I'm telling you, that was the first car I ever drove, but it wasn't the first car I ever owned. Hey, Rich, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. On, you know, This is one of those issues in the banking marketplace and in the credit union marketplace. People are talking about it, and, and I think it's an important conversation to be having. Thank you so much for taking some time to join us on the show. All right. Thank you. Yeah, great job, man. Good things, everybody. Good job. Yep. And I will have some final thoughts right after this. All right, I do want to say that I did edit some of the conversation uh, for content and for time, but the, the major points were, were left in. The only thing I really omitted from our original conversation was a question I asked Rich about, had he not gotten into bank consulting and things like that, what might he have done as a profession otherwise? And he didn't really have an answer. He said, I've been happy doing this and gig to gig, and so uh, I just left in the part about his first 
car. Okay, here's my final thoughts on all of this. Like I said, it is an exercise in federalism. If you don't know what federalism is, that just simply means states' rights. States uh, retain this. It's a very uniquely American cultural reality that states operate differently. You know, we don't have taxes in the state of Texas. You may have state taxes in Massachusetts and other places, but we don't have a state income tax. We don't file two tax returns every year in the great state of Texas Republic there. Of. And so these, uh, I'm not even sure if they're courts or boards. I mean, it is, on, on one hand, it's interesting that there is a, it, why are credit unions even going to a banking organization to find out if they can do this? It, it honestly makes the case that th- th- these are two very s- separate business models. And uh, a nonprofit organization should not be able to go out and purchase a for-profit organization after a generation of telling us just how bad banks are and that profit is bad. GAC is on the horizon. Um, I will watch for the third year in a row, which is really the 20th year in a row. All the um, lofty platitudes about the credit union marketplace, and to God be the glory, everyone's entitled to go out there and and listen to the speakers and go to the sessions. But when you are making your marketplace message based upon the difference between these two entities, bank, credit union, it's, it's very difficult to keep making that point when it is so possible and plausible in certain parts of the country for a credit union to go out and buy a bank. Elevation's credit union has $2 billion, with a B, phonetically Bravo, $2 billion in assets. Folks, I guarantee you a significant percentage of their 30,000-some-odd member owners refer to elevations as the bank. I'm going to the bank today. I got a great auto loan at the bank today. It has been a lot of, uh, I think, wasted time and the member owner's money, by the way, trying to make this distinction. And now with these purchases and mergers between banks and credit unions, I guess there really wasn't that big a difference after all. That is my first point. The second point is that please don't tell me what I have to be aware of. Public awareness. It's like trying to convince me the difference between the, you know, the 87 unleaded and the 89 super unleaded. I honestly don't care. Depending on which car I'm fueling up, I pick the cheaper gasoline. It is a commodity to me. It doesn't matter to me if that oil comes from a not-for-profit cooperative. It doesn't matter. It's a commodity, and I think a lot of things in banking are commoditized. Now, listen, there may be people in Austin, Texas, in Framingham, Massachusetts, and um, Seattle, Washington, that for a, a personal ideological reason, do want to do business with a not-for-profit financial cooperative. When you put those words together, not-for-profit financial cooperative, it doesn't really sound like talking points from the Republican National Committee. So I get that. And if a person is attracted to Elevation's credit union in Colorado in a wildly ideological marijuana-induced stupor to do the right thing, then so be it. If they are a capitalist, red state, Bible-thumping gun owner who was drawn to Elevation's credit union because of what is perceived as a better location for them and their family or a better auto loan rate, then that's the free market. And I think that is what is ultimately going to decide all of this. But above all of it, I believe, is the incontrovertible truth that most Americans do not care. 
There is a debate tonight as we're uh, broadcasting this on the 19th of February in the year of our Lord, 2020. I guarantee you at that Democrat debate, there's not going to be a single question about this. Uh, Should credit unions be taxed? Should uh, credit unions be allowed to buy banks? Uh, It's just not top of mind thing for American voters, especially in an election year. You know, we'll, this will be the third year that the, the, the GAC talks about open your eyes uh, to a credit union, and almost as uh, pathetic as that campaign has been has been the ICBA's response to it. The Wake Up campaign has been equally without energy. Folks, what I believe is that every individual banking brand is on its own to make its best marketing decisions, to make its best strategic and tactical decisions day by day, and to keep their audience, if they can, wanting more, to remain relevant in a very, very competitive marketplace. I just, I just don't think people care about this issue as much as we do in the banking marketplace. And I don't think CUNA needs $100 million to convince people what the difference is between banks and credit unions when apparently they can be merged together and brought together with very little difficulty. And so um, if, uh, if Rich wants to have his final say or anybody else wants to have their final say, I get it. You're always welcome on the show. You can do your own podcast. Uh, you can remark in the comments, whatever you like. But I believe that all of this you know, further um, diluting the fact that there is no difference between banks and credit unions, the credit unions and the nastiness. When I played that ad from the Iowa Credit Union League, that nasty ad about how banks are trying to kill competition, literally kill competition. The banks are going to morph into a oh, those big uh, cars that turn into people or whatever they're called and go around stomping down on poor little helpless credit unions in the hinterlands of Iowa. That's just unnecessary. And what that's ultimately going to do, what I think it is ultimately going to do is it's going to hurt small and mid-sized credit unions and seg-based credit unions, of which there are still several, several seg-based credit unions in every community that maybe you don't always hear about because they don't have to do all the advertising and advocacy. You look at state employees' credit union in North Carolina, they don't do advertising. You know, they, they are just there for the state employees of North Carolina, and they are the largest credit union uh, in – well, second largest, I think, in America. I think certainly the biggest seg-based credit union. I guess you could make the case that Navy is seg-based, but they are a community national brand. And if the taxation question is decided in favor of banks and credit unions have to start paying taxes, Navy Federal Credit Union is going to be fine. Randolph-Brooks Federal Credit Union is going to be fine. Elevations Credit Union in Colorado is going to be fine. But small, mid-sized, and seg-based credit unions may not be. And that is my real opposition to this. I'm all for the free market deciding this, but what I don't think is that CUNA, who has not been in the black in some time now, uh, should be asking the member owners of credit unions to foot the bill for yet another failed enterprise to convince people once and for all the difference between a bank and a credit union. When one can buy the other and vice versa, they really aren't that different. After all, hey, my name is Jason Dias. This has been a special episode of The Power of Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you? 
leave the audience wanting more. This is my own eloquent online um, episode. The views expressed in this particular show do not represent anybody else's views other than mine and Rich's. So I hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you soon on our regular show this Friday. A great, great interview with the CEO of Extra Co Consulting. You don't want to miss that. Hey, we will talk to you very, very soon. Take care.